This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, addicts? Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Patrick Allen here. I am Sans Matt Verderam today, and this is really my fault. I'm just so damn busy at work. Uh, that I had too many meetings this morning for us to do our regularly scheduled recording time in Verderam. It's his day off. I was already asking the man to work on his day off. So I told him to go and relax, get ready for Sunday. I would take things over uh, this afternoon. So it is Thursday, and we are heading into another Chiefs weekend. How's everybody feeling out there? I'm feeling a little bit better, obviously. You know, I... It's been rough. It's been rough starting one and two. It's been annoying seeing the Broncos at the top of the division and the Chiefs in the basement and all that stuff and the turnovers and the defense and all of the frustration. But, you know, I think we need to gain perspective. And the longer and the farther away I've gotten from Sunday, I'm, I'm feeling better. The offense is still firing on all cylinders, save for the turnovers. They look great. The Chiefs just need to catch up a little bit. It's a rough start to the year. But the talent is there, and I think they're going to be okay. I don't want to dwell on the losses too much, but let's get to some news really quickly right off the bat. If you weren't aware, Andy Reid is back. He's out of the hospital. He's feeling good. I think I saw a report that he might have been dealing with some dehydration, something along those lines. Um, But Big Red is back. He's in the building. He's going to be good to go on Sunday. He is off the injury report. That's great news. Kind of put things in perspective a little bit on on Sunday when when we heard that Andy went to the hospital. Glad he's okay and and back where he belongs on the field with his team. Obviously, also the Josh Gordon signing. We did an emergency podcast, Verderam and myself, when that happened. Look, the more I think about this signing, the more I like it. It, it's, It's all upside for the Chiefs here. 
Gordon's not really a bad locker room guy, anything like that. I don't care that he smoked weed. The NFL's stupid. It's a stupid rule. And, um, you know, I just wish the best for Josh Gordon. And I hope that he gets another chance here with the Chiefs to contribute. Saw some video of him at practice today. He looks good. He looks like he's in shape. He, he looks fantastic out there. Big body, athletic guy. Oh, he's on the practice squad right now. And I'm sure everybody's wondering when we're going to see him on the field for the Chiefs. You know, some people are saying it's going to take take some time, some reports out there. He needs to learn the playbook. He needs to get back in game shape and all that stuff. But I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised to see him sooner rather than later. I I don't I wouldn't bet very much money on it, but I'd bet a few bucks that he could be on the field by the Bills game. Because I think the Chiefs can put in some limited packages for him. Remember, this isn't a guy that needs to come in and play, you know, starting left tackle or something and learn all the blocking schemes and so on and so forth. I'm not saying that what the receivers do isn't complicated, but what I'm saying is you can run a fly, you can run a post, you can run a crossing route. They can do some things for this guy because he's coming in and he's not the number one target. He's not the number two target. At best, he's going to be the number three target, but he's probably going to sit in that four or five zone for the Chiefs, especially early on. So why not get him up to the roster, get him up to speed, and see if you can get him on the field because he can stretch the field for the Chiefs and he can make things easier on everybody else on the offense, just his presence on the field. So he doesn't necessarily need to have the playbook mastered for Andy to put him out there and say, yeah, run to the end zone. And if you get open, Pat will throw you the ball. But probably what's going to happen is it's going to put the defense in a bad spot because now they got to worry about, can we double Tyreek Hill? What about Travis Kelsey? We've got another athletic field stretcher here. So things like that. I think we're going to see him. It might take a couple games, but don't be surprised if he's in there for the Bills game. That's just my hunch. Don't hold me to that. All right. Excited about Josh Gordon and the potential there. Let's get to the Eagles and our game preview. So... Vegas has the Chiefs minus seven, so they're the favorite, and the over-under for this game is 54, so they're not a crazy high-scoring game, but pretty high-scoring. The Eagles can move the ball a little bit, so the Chiefs are going to have to watch out for that, and we'll get to that in our, in our preview portion in a little bit. You know, Vegas is usually pretty good to trust. Not always. They had the Chiefs as big favorites against the Chargers, and, you know, I actually think the Chiefs might have been able to cover if not for all the turnovers, but they happened, and, and that's where you get into a little bit of danger when you're placing bets. But so where are the Eagles at so far this year? So they stand at they're one and two. They've got one really big win, but over the Atlanta Falcons, who they, they beat them in week one, 32 to six. If you haven't been watching the Atlanta Falcons, boy, they are just <laughs> they're terrible. Uh, they're not a good football team this year. So take that big win with a grain of salt, a grain of salt um, because Atlanta's down there at the bottom of the whole league. And then they've got two, two straight losses, just like the Chiefs. They lost 17-11 to 11 to the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that one's kind of deceiving because when I first looked at it, I thought, well, man, like San Francisco's a pretty good team. Some people think they could be a potential Super Bowl contender. And the Eagles hung with them. But when I looked in a little bit closer, it wasn't really that close of a game. It was 17-3 to San Francisco with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So the Eagles did get kind of a, I don't want to say it was garbage time because it was close enough 
to, to, to make it a, a one-score game, but San Francisco had pretty much dominated. They struggled a little bit on offense, and, and San Francisco has traditionally struggled a little bit on offense under Kyle Shanahan. Garoppolo stole the quarterback over there. They had had a bunch of injuries to their running backs going into week two, and we know that San Francisco likes to run the football. So I think that contributed a little bit. I do think that Philadelphia has got a pretty good defense, so the Chiefs are going to have to watch out for that. Um, but I want to. actually I want to amend that. I don't think Philly's defense is that good. Uh, I think they can do some things well, but I think they can be exploited by a powerful offense. The 49ers were not a powerful offense, and what they do best is running the football. And I think a big weakness, actually, for the Eagles is their run defense. And San Francisco just wasn't able to take advantage of that in that game, yet they still got the win. Last week, I watched this entire game, Dallas and the Eagles, big rivalry game. And boy, they just absolutely curb stomped the Cowboys curb stomped the Eagles in this game and it was really interesting because the look the the Cowboys don't have a very good defense either and they still managed to hold Philly to 21 points Dak Prescott obviously Dallas is loaded on offense Dak Prescott Ezekiel Elliott Tony Pollard's emerging in that backfield as well and they've got receivers out the wazoo with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper they're super dangerous. Um, they got Dalton Schultz. He's been he's been playing well for them at the tight end position, and Blake Jarwin, uh, for that matter. Um, so they came into this game, and they really just ran at Philly. Philly was playing soft coverage, uh, basically daring the Cowboys to run, and that's exactly what they did. Ezekiel Elliott, who's been struggling a little bit, back on track, 17 carries for 95 yards against this defense. That's a 5.6 average, two touchdowns. Tony Pollard. Chipped in 11 carries of his own for 60 yards, 5.5 yard average. And, um, you know, Dak Prescott scrambled around a little bit. But all in all, 41 carries for the Cowboys in this game for 160 yards and two touchdowns. On the receiving side, the tight end position, Dalton Schultz had six receptions for 80 yards. CeeDee Lamb, three for 66. Amari Cooper, three for 26. Ezekiel Elliott, three for 21. Prescott, 238 yards passing. So, you know, that's not particularly impressive on its face, but he only attempted 26 passes because of the way the Cowboys were running it down Philadelphia's throat, completed 21 balls and three touchdown passes at a 9.2 average. So I think we all agree Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, better better offense, a uh, lot of weapons on, on the Cowboys as well, but the Chiefs should be able to come out and take advantage here. And the question is going to be, are they going to be able to run the ball? And I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but I think that that's where the Chiefs need to focus is doing exactly what Dallas did because they're a little bit of a similar team to Dallas right now, dynamic on offense. They've got some problems on defense. So how's Philly on offense? What can the Chiefs defense expect? Jalen Hurts. Boy, he's an interesting player. Uh, he's not – I don't think the Chiefs should be too afraid of him. He's a dual threat, right? So he rushes a lot, and I think that's where the Chiefs need to be concerned the most heading into this game, probably more than anything else, is just making sure that they don't let Hurts kind of run wild on them and, and have a bunch of weird stuff happen because the rest of this team is not particularly intimidating, okay? So you're, you're coming into this – the Chiefs are averaging 30 points per game. Philly's averaging 21. 
the Chiefs, unfortunately, are giving up 31 points per game, but Philly is only averaging 21. So as long as Kansas City is dynamic on offense and the defense takes a little bit more of a step forward, I think they should be fine. Um, the Chiefs are averaging 420 yards per game. Philly, 389. Uh, passing is is obviously a big strength for the Chiefs. 313 yards passing average to Philly's 260. So Hertz isn't, he's, he can throw the ball, but he's not chucking it all over the place and throwing for 300 yards a game. And then they lean more on the rush in Philly, and that's mainly because Hertz can move around. They're averaging 129 rushing yards per game, uh, and Hertz is actually their leading rusher. He's outrushing Miles Sanders on the team. He's got 26 carries for 179 yards on the season and one touchdown. So let's do the quarterback comparison, right? You got Patrick Mahomes over there. He's 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 thrown 78 completions for 940 yards, nine touchdowns and three interceptions. Hertz only 64 completions for 780 and five touchdowns. Hertz has two picks. The rushing comparison I just mentioned that Hertz is their leading rusher. Clyde's got 44 carries for 189 yards. And again, I'm going to get to Clyde and my keys to the game, but I think he needs to have a big game to make this a little bit easier on the Chiefs. And then as far as receiving goes, Kelsey is the leader for the Chiefs, 20 receptions for 289 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, Quez Watkins for the Eagles, seven receptions, 186 yards. On the defensive side of the ball, this is where things get a little interesting. The Chiefs have allowed 440 yards per game. That's 110 more yards than Philly at 330 yards per game. And uh, obviously we know the Chiefs have not been able to stop the run. They give up 160 yards per game so far, only 280 yards through the air, which is also not great. But, I mean, everybody's running against them, so they don't need to throw. Uh, For Philly, they've been pretty good against the pass, 197 yards allowed per game um, and 133 rushing yards per game. So they're not very strong against the run as, as the Dallas Cowboys exploited. And so can the Chiefs take advantage of that? I think that's going to be a big key heading into this one. But look, there's some storylines here, right? Andy Reid, he's got 99 wins as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. He wants to be one of these coaches that has won 100 teams, 100 games with two teams, and he has a chance to do it against his old squad. So that's kind of exciting. He actually made a great joke this week. Somebody asked him, uh, I, I actually I don't know what they asked him, but he he said, uh, yeah, you know, we we've been we've been holding back because we wanted to make it this game that I get my hundredth win, joking that the Chiefs lost the last two games only because they wanted to get his hundredth win against his old team. So why we love Big Red, he's hilarious. Look, ESPN's matchup predictor has the sixty-seven percent a Chiefs victory, a thirty-two percent chance that the Eagles win, and I'll tell you how the Eagles can win in just a second, but we're going to take a quick break on the other side. We're going to get to my keys to the game. I'm going to give you my final score prediction and we have got for you some reader reviews. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back in. It's the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Patrick Allen here to give you a mini game preview for the Chiefs versus the Eagles. All right, let's dig a little bit deeper here. All right, and get to my keys to the game. How do the Chiefs win this game against the Eagles? Look, the only person I'm really scared about in this game is, is Jalen Hurts as a, as a dual threat, right? 
I'm I'm weird I'm worried about weird stuff happening because he starts running and then you get some busted plays or blown coverages. But I think if the Chiefs play it smart, they've played Lamar Jackson already this year, and you can't face a more dynamic guy than that. What as a, as far as run and pass options go for a quarterback, they should be ready to deal with the fact that Jalen Hurts is going to stra- scramble around a little bit. But my first key to the game is simple: keep Clyde gliding. Look, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had his best game of the season last year, uh, last week. They need to keep that going. Teams are going to continue to try to make the Chiefs dink and dunk the ball down the field, and Kansas City has to go out there and make them pay. And frankly, they were doing that against the Chargers. They just coughed the ball up. So, you know, they racked up a million first downs in that game. They racked up a million yards, and they just didn't rack up enough points because they kept giving the ball away. So, you know, going into this game, I don't think they need to go hog wild and start chucking the ball all over the place again, because if the Eagles have a brain in their heads, they're going to try to slow the Chiefs down, make the Chiefs run as many plays as they can, hoping that more of these mistakes happen, right? If the Chiefs score quickly on you, like the Golden State Warriors or something like that, where they just just blitz you, you, you're, you're doomed. But if you can at least make them move the ball and matriculate it down the field, then maybe something bad can happen for Kansas City. And that's and it worked for the Chargers. So it's up to the Chiefs on offense to take care of the damn ball and execute and and make things a little bit easier for their defense, which is struggling right now. So, you know, I want to see Clyde continue to run the ball. I think he's so important. The Chiefs need to have a dynamic running game to complement their passing game. It's going to make teams pay for playing them, you know, soft with, you know, shell and, and, and in coverage. So if Clyde can't get more than three yards of carry when he's running into light boxes and he was running into light boxes, that's a huge problem because teams are just not going to be scared of the Kansas City running game. And what should be happening is the Chiefs should be gashing teams on the ground until they panic and send everybody up to the line. And that's when you get Tyreek over the top. Next step here is have a big day for Travis Kelsey. Uh, Eagles aren't great at defending the tight end position. And because of the way that teams have been playing the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey should be able to continue to eat over the middle, finding holes in the middle of these defenses that are playing zone, that are playing soft coverage. That's exactly what you want if you're Patrick Mahomes to complement the yards that you're hopefully getting from Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the ground game. And I would love to see them throw the ball to Clyde a little bit more. Um, but I want to see a big day from Travis Kelsey because I think two weeks in a row now, teams have tried to take away Tyreek Hill and they've by and large succeeded. And they're going to keep going with that strategy for the most part until the Chiefs make them pay. So they need to make them pay with Kelsey. Um, and I think that they will. I'd like them to see, you know, get... Get the ball in Tyreek's hands a little bit more. You know, I don't want to see too many bubble screens and things like that, but, you know, handing it off to him, running some more of those things, just even some crossing routes and some other things for him just to get the ball in Tyreek's hands. Like, I'm sure that they're probably working on that right now, and I'm sure that they've got some plays drawn out. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a little bit of a bounce-back game today because I'm, I can see Andy making it a priority to get him going again. But again, keep Clyde gliding. Big day for Kelsey. And then lastly, and I don't have a defensive key here, uh, and I'll explain why in a minute, but number three is don't turn the damn ball over. Do not turn the ball over. 
Do not be your own worst enemy. The Chiefs cannot afford it. They cannot afford to lose this game. They've backed themselves into a corner. Whatever you think about the way that the first three weeks went, whether you you think the Chiefs should have got a pass interference call, I do, at the end of that Chargers game, it doesn't matter. The reality of the situation is Kansas City's one and two. The, The Broncos have played a trash schedule, and so they're undefeated sitting at the top of the division. The Raiders... They're two and one. They've won a couple of overtime games, but their offense is super dynamic. So even if you think the Chiefs are more talented, even if you think that, like I do and Matt Verderam does, that the Chiefs are going to be there at the end at the top of the division, they still have ground to make up and weird things happen in the NFL. And if weird things have happened to them and bad breaks have happened to them early in the season and they're figuring stuff out, they've, they've got less room for margin of error. And if they still have a dream of trying to get the number one seed, I know at this point you just want them to win a damn game, maybe get over 500. But if they want to have a dream of, of obtaining that very crucial number one seed in this longer season, then they've got to start executing. And they had issues with execution last year as well, taking their foot off the gas, letting teams back into games. And I got to be honest with you, I really thought coming into this season that we were going to see the most focused Chiefs team we'd ever seen. I thought we were going to see a Chiefs team that was mad coming off their loss of the Super Bowl, that had been humbled a little bit, and that were just going to kind of come out and be on a little bit of a revenge tour. And instead, what we're seeing is is a, a worse execution on both sides of the ball. So that's concerning. I, that's my concern. My concern is the talent. The talent is there. But my, con- my concern is what's going on mentally with this team right now that is causing them to play like this. Because all the things that I thought coming into the season are the complete opposite is what is happening on the field. So maybe maybe it needed to be looking up at the – being hey, we're in last place. We're one and two. Maybe, maybe just getting your ass kicked in the Super Bowl wasn't enough. I don't know. But I hope we see them get back on track with a big win against the Eagles. I actually think that's what's going to happen. And we're going to put all this in the, it's, this is going to be another story we tell a couple years from now about, Hey, remember when the chiefs started one and two and they still went to the super bowl or they, you know, they went to the AFC championship game, something like that. The next time that things go rough for the chiefs in a couple of years, maybe I hope that we can use this as a, as a footnote to say, Hey, things happen. Don't worry too much. The reason I didn't have a defensive key to the game. Look, we all know the defense has to be better. The running game has to be, they have to be able to stop the run. They're, they're a little banged up right now on defense as well, which is not good. But I just I just don't think defense is going to matter in this game. I think the Chiefs are much, much better than the Eagles. I'm not trying to disrespect Philly, but the Chiefs are twice the team that Philadelphia is. This is not the Chargers. This is not the Ravens. This is not the Browns. Philadelphia is not on that level. They're a couple of tiers below. And you saw what the Cowboys did to them. The Chiefs should go up and down the field on this defense. They should score a lot of points. They should they, they should be targeting what Dallas did. They should be looking to score about 40 points in this game as long as they take care of the football. And it's a great opportunity for the defense to have a confidence-building game because they're dealing with a young quarterback who, while dynamic, is not that experienced. And they can take advantage of some things. And they should. This is a game where, with the talent they have, they should, I'm not going to say it's going to be a cakewalk, but they should go in and they should do their thing 
and it's a get right game and it's a feel good game. And they're coming out of here again because, because next week they got the Buffalo bills and that's a huge game for Kansas city. So they should come out of this game, not just like eking out a win and having another game where they don't execute. They should come out of this game feeling sharp and ready to take on another AFC contender. Because I'll tell you what, man, Buffalo will beat them. They will be the way this defense is playing. They'll beat them. Buffalo. They're not great at running the ball, but I'm way more worried about Buffalo as far as offenses the Chiefs have faced this season than I than anybody they've they faced. Right? So it could get really ugly if the Chiefs aren't executing. They could get blown out by a team like Buffalo. So defense take a step forward in this game, yeah, but there's no specific key. I mean, just don't be complete garbage, which is what's what they've been up to this point. Okay. Final score prediction for this game. Oh, man. I was going to write it down beforehand. Look, I, I still think that the defense is going to be working some things out. So I think I think we're going to see 24 points from the from the Eagles. Chiefs. I'm going to go 38. 38, 24, Kansas City. We're all feeling a lot better come Sunday night when we do our live show. Check us out. We'll be going live on the Arrowhead Attic YouTube channel. Sometime between 6.30 Central and 7. So make sure you join us for that. It's awesome. We get a lot of comments. We get to interact with you guys in the chat. It's super fun. All right. So you got my final score prediction. Hold me to it. Let me hear it on Twitter if I'm wrong. But I'm not picking against the Chiefs yet. They lose this game. Man, I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) I really don't. I do not even want to think about what happens if they lose this game. Uh, We could be in full meltdown mode. But they're not going to. They're going to be fine. All right, let's get to some reader reviews. You guys are the best. You know how important it is for us to get those ratings over at Apple Podcasts. Head on over there if you haven't yet. Leave us a five-star review and write a review. Uh, We get to read your reviews on the show, which is always fun for us. You guys are the best. Um, So let's just dive in here, okay? So we got this one. This one came on the 17th, a little late on this one, so apologies, Jalen. But this is from Jalen Butler from Connecticut. He's coming out of the gate with a cereal ranking. It's my guy. Top three cereals in order. One, CT Crunch. Everybody knows. Two, Fruity Pebbles. A man after my own heart. Fruity Pebbles is one of my favorite all-time cereals. I even think I ranked them ahead of CT Crunch in a rankings we did. Um, I'm not going to get into the reasons why. But uh, Fruity Pebbles, I love it. And then three, Toss-Up. But I'll pick Reese's Puffs because we need peanut butter in the top three. He's absolutely right. Great podcast. Love listening to you both. What I love about this podcast is how you, Patrick, is so Chiefs first mentality over anything, meaning like no matter what the obstacles the Chiefs face, you think they will prevail like you having the ultimate faith in the Chiefs no matter what. And that's how I feel as a diehard Chiefs fan. I'm not saying Verderam isn't Chiefs over anybody. Uh, but his opinions and takes come from an unbiased standpoint, which I understand. When he gives heated takes and his tone of voice changes and that Brooklyn accent comes out, I die hard laughing every time, and it's great. Same here. Uh, the, the Jamal Charles special edition episode, I agree with everything you three said, and uh, and he had on the field on the field talent of Hall of Fame, but just overall not enough to get an amazing player. 
Question. What is your opinion on Dante Hall? One of the greatest return specialists in the game and the reason why I became a Chiefs fan. I love Dante Hall. The human joystick. I actually met him outside the stadium once in Arrowhead. Got my picture taken with him. Uh, he was a nice guy. You know, just super dynamic. It never really took off as a receiver, which was which was a shame. Um, and they changed some special teams rules and what you were allowed to do throughout the years, which could have. It's hard. It's just hard to have a run like Dante Hall did, which is why it's so remarkable. The guys like Dante Hall and Devin Hester. Um, he was just so electric and so much fun to watch. I'll always think fondly of, of Dante Hall and boy, I wish it, I wish it could have gone on longer or I wish it could have taken off more, you know, as a receiver, but what a great guy. Um, number two, got another question here. Tell me what was going through your mind when the chiefs were down 24 to nothing to the Texans last year in the divisional round with 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. That was two years ago, actually. But, uh, really all I could do was shake my head in disbelief, but we could smile and laugh about it now. Um, this actually says PS super old review after listening to one of the episodes at the top of the year. I hope you actually see it this time. So thank you, Jalen. Yes, we did see it when we were down to, I was there. I was fortunate enough to be at that game. And, uh, it was my first chiefs playoff game that I'd ever attended. Oh God, it was brutal. I mean, I think I said, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, or if I wrote it, but you know what it was like? It was like being at a funeral and you're sitting there and everybody's grieving and it's dead silent. And then all of a sudden the corpse jumps out of the casket and is like, guess what? I'm not dead. I'm alive. And everybody just loses their minds. That's exactly what it was like. I can't think of any other thing that could. It was like being at a funeral. Um, I went to go to the bathroom and to get another beer. Uh, I, I ran into a friend who was sitting in another section and he was just like, man. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? And I was like, man, you know, it's just my luck. And it's like, it was like these Chiefs nightmares happening over and over again, all of our our playoff blunders and defeats. And so, um, yeah, it was, but then, man, when they went, when, when they went for it on fourth down and then Dirty Dan made that tackle and then the turnover happened, I mean, you could just feel it. And we went into halftime and the place was charged and everyone was like, holy crap, are we going to do this? Is this actually happening? Uh, never been happier. Absolutely incredible. W- super classic game. I can't believe I, I got to be there for it. I wish I could have been at the Super Bowl. Um, all right. Another review here. Um, this one comes from Heart KC Chiefs from the 21st of September. Fantastic podcast. I'm a dedicated listener and one of your female fans. You guys are my cherry on top of podcasts, hands down. Every single week, I tune in to all the podcasts, and I have been well for over a year now. I love listening to all you guys, including Patrick Allen and Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes are awesome, always making me laugh, and you have the best breakdown of players and games in such detail. It's always awesome to listen, and I learn a lot. PA and Matt Verderham are fantastic, always providing us with excellent analysis and always helping me keep things in perspective when it's not going well. I can't speak highly enough of your podcast. I'm really enjoying the guest podcast, by the way. Hope those continue. You guys are amazing. We appreciate all your hard work, bringing us this best information. Keep it rolling. Love, Casey Chiefs. Love to you. That is such a nice review. Uh, It's awesome to hear from some of our female fans out there. 
the, the, I know there are more of you out there. So, so, so let's bring it next week with the reviews. We'd love to love you for you guys to ID yourselves. So we know there's uh, lots of, lots of female fans out there in chiefs kingdom. And if this podcast as well, we've, we've just had our best month, you guys, our best month by a mile, by an absolute mile. Uh, so it's super exciting. We just launched the YouTube channel. And if you want to help us out over there, if you already leave reviews frequently and, and all that stuff, head on over to YouTube and like us over there and subscribe. You can find us at youtube.com slash arrowhead addict podcast. And that's really cool because sometimes when we get these interviews and things like that, that you hear on the podcast, you can watch them over at YouTube and oftentimes we'll release them early on the YouTube channel if it's not part of our regular scheduled podcast or we're not doing an emergency or a bonus episode for just that interview. So make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and support us over there as well. This is just the beginning. We're going to keep bringing you more and more Chiefs content over the years here, and we're very excited to be expanding off of the website, expanding our team, and and just finding more ways to, to reach out to you all because it just makes it so much fun. You know, you guys are our friends. And it's cool to um, hang out with your friends and talk Chiefs football and watch Chiefs football. It's absolutely been a blast doing this podcast. Uh, it's, it's made my year after a really tough 2020. So appreciate you all more than you know. Um, is that it? Is that all I got? I got an, another meeting coming up in eight minutes. Um, I thought I had something else to say, but listen, we're going to be back on Sunday night, like I mentioned, for the Chiefs post-game show and keep an eye on your podcast feed because we're going to have a special episode on Saturday morning. It's another exclusive interview with a former Chiefs player. I'm not going to give it away, but our guy, Matt Connor, got the hookup uh, and he's got some really interesting things to say about his time playing for Kansas City way back when and about the Chiefs defense and what he's seeing. And he's actually got some thoughts, I believe, on the move of Chris Jones to defensive end. So you don't want to miss that. It's a little bonus episode for you on Saturday. So you get this preview, listen to it, and then make sure you check it in, check in on Saturday or Sunday morning to check out that bonus episode. And then we'll be back Sunday night. So you're just getting like an avalanche of content. I hope you're enjoying it. Oh yeah, I did have one more thing. I have a cereal review. So I got my hands on a box of Reese's, Puffs with bats is what it's called. It's out for Halloween. And it's like your regular Reese's Puffs, but they're in the shape of bats. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's been like a minute since I had a regular box of Reese's Puffs. So I wish I had something to compare it to directly. I don't think there's anything different in the formula here or anything like that. I literally think that is just Reese's Puffs, but as in the shape of bats instead of the Puffs. But because of that, they're kind of, um, they're longer, you know, like a bat, like with its wings out, rather than just the round ball that you normally get from, from a Reese's Puff. And so I feel like you get more cereal, like in each bite. And I gotta be honest with you, it's damn good. It's the best cereal I've reviewed on this podcast, I think, to date. I'm gonna give it, you know, we do the CT Crunch scale here. So it's a, a scale of one to five CT crunches. I'm going to give it five CT crunches. It's that good. It is that good. It's absolutely incredible. I can't recommend it enough. If it's in your local store for Halloween, go pick it up 
if you see the regular Reese's Puffs, maybe pick up a box of that too and let me know the comparison. If you think they taste different or if it's just the shape difference changes the way that you enjoy this uh, yeah, absolutely awesome cereal we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, should we should we start an offshoot cereal podcast where we review a different breakfast cereal every week or something? Would you guys listen to that? Um, I know that the people that get annoyed by the cereal talk would would probably love that. Um, yeah, let me know. Anyway, all right, I got to get out of here. I got to get to this meeting. But thank you guys for listening. Sorry for the shorter episode this week, but I'm sans Verderam again. So uh, hopefully that guy's enjoying his day off. We'll see you on Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe out there. And as always, go Chiefs. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.